powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. I think the uh, I think the refs had a sensing in them tonight. Oh, I want to hit the button so bad. I missed the button. Uh, no button for us tonight. We both miss the button. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Game Over Ottawa. Um, vibes are down. Vibes, <laughs> vibes are are remarkably low at the moment. I'd say it's a weird night for vibes. It was kind of an up and down game, especially right until the end there. Like we were in the lead for most of the game and then just kind of lost it at the end. So yeah. I don't know. I'm not, I, I was kind of hoping to come in here with a positive spin, even though we were badly outshot again, but just the way that ended left a sour taste in my mouth. Yeah. The um, it's, it's not often that you put up three goals and 14 shots on Vasilevsky and still managed to not win. So that's, that's a bummer. Um, but yeah, power plays, power play opportunities were what eight to three? I want to say. Oh man, I don't even three. know. Tampa had nineteen minutes on the power play, essentially on the power play for a full period, and uh, I know we can we can definitely uh, definitely complain about the refs. I think that the refs were awful, and the Sens took a bunch of dumb, pointless penalties. I think I think both can be true. I mm-hmm. think. You know, a few are definitely no go. Sanderson, uh, the high stick that didn't make contact with with Colton's face. Um, uh, who was it? Even I know what. You know, I got to step up. I got to. I got to. I got to defend Hamnick. Hamnick's tripping penalty, oh. not a trip. Yeah, Just, that one I had actually uh, like bookmarked a little replay of that on Twitter to bring it up again because that was horrible. Not a that trip. Again. Not a trip. Oh that said, Kachuk's interference penalty. Yes, interference. Uh, that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that too many men penalty already on the PK, just inexcusable. That's, that was shocking. That that's cannot brutal. happen. I can't remember the rest of them off the top of my head, but I think 50-50 might be generous, but I I, I, th- I think that the refs can be awful and the Sens can make very, very dumb decisions uh, and, and take poor penalties. I, th- I think both can be true at once, and I think that's the case. I definitely agree that it was a mix of both tonight. I was going to bring up the same thing. And speaking of the too many men, I also wanted to point out after they took that penalty and then they were killing the five on three, I noticed before Joseph's goal, there was (laughs) whoever the previous forward was for Joseph, I think uh, was going off the ice. I saw two guys hop on. And so we had four for about a second or two. And then luckily Mm. the second forward realized he went back on the bench. So we almost did it again right away yeah, it, was, it was really quick it was really hard to hard to spot but that that scared the crap out of me like what's going on with the changes did a too many men and we almost like and already on a five on three two that that was just inexcusable That's... at least they caught that second one yeah oh my gosh okay i did i never even noticed that that i did not pick up on that but uh wow i think i think just as much um let me just double check the numbers here. Let me check the minutes. I think just as much of a story as the uh, eight to three uh, power plays are certainly for, for for Tampa with with their ridiculous amount their their full period on the power play. Um, the the Sens PK. Uh, what a what a game for the for the Sens PK going seven for eight. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the only time you're ever going to see Tyler Mott nearing 20 minutes of, of ice time in the game. I think I think he had 18 minutes. Let me double check that actually. Yeah, I was uh, I was really interested to go look at the box score. I've got it open here now just to see how high the ice time got for some of those penalty killers. Because like you said, a guy like Tyler Mott, yeah, yeah 18 minutes and four seconds. That's <laughs> that might be a career high for him to be honest. Yeah, like, in terms of regular season games, because obviously playoff games can get a bit crazy with overtimes and that but yeah matthew joseph at 1726 what a game for joseph though like yeah unreal definitely got to give him his props tonight okay so i need i need to oh man okay so i need to i need to address something in the chat because oh i don't know if you if you had time to watch me just complain about the team for a solid 40 minutes after that Panthers game. But I was furious at the amount of ice time Zaitsev had. Four Makes on sense. four and on the PK. Mm-hmm. Zaitsev played 19 minutes tonight. 10 of which on the PK. And oh, I get... Boy. Of all the games, sure. I understand if he plays a bit of time on the PK. You can't just run the same... Like, four players to play a whole period. That's that's not... That's not alright. I, I get it. but But he played most... He played 10 32 shorthanded. The Sens were shorthanded for 19 minutes. He played majority. <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yeah. When you see that he has four and a half minutes more than Hamannick had, like, I know on the penalty kill, maybe sometimes you get trapped in your zone for a little bit. It takes you, like, maybe over a minute to clear it. Maybe that can skew some of the stats sometimes in terms of how long you're on for, but that's mm-hmm. a pretty big discrepancy. Holden and Zaitsev both being uh, above 10 minutes for the shorthanded time on ice and Hamannick six minutes, Sanderson four minutes. Like it probably would have been nice to see that spread out a little bit more. And I know we were just talking about how great the, the, okay. So here's the issue. We said the PK looked great. Most of the PK had Zaitsev on the ice. And now we're saying, Oh, I can't believe Zaitsev played that much. Okay. There's, there's, there's some, yeah. Yeah. What I'll say is that, I don't think Zaitsev was too bad tonight. There wasn't a lot of moments where he had me groaning and being like, oh my God, what's Zaitsev doing? Which kind of happens a lot. Uh, But if you keep playing Zaitsev that much, those games are going to happen and those moments are going to happen. So even though we kind of almost got away with it today, playing him that much, it's really not a good strategy for the future. Yeah, I was really looking for something that Zaitsev did. I I think because I was looking for something, there was a, a giveaway that he had that resulted in a sense icing call and then yeah the defensive zone face off and granted it's not a direct thing because i watched them in the sense they, they went down the ice into tampa zone then they came back and then tampa scored but i was still like i gotta find a way to put that on zaitsev because if he hadn't had that <laughs> giveaway that turned into an icing call mm-hmm. if he had just made the clean pass and i know i'm like zaitsev did this thing i can't remember when it was exactly or how it went but zaitsev did the thing i i, I made sure to point out zaitsev did a bad thing <laughs> Um, God. One other thing that I find interesting about the shorthanded ice time here is that Shabbat didn't play a single second shorthanded, which I know that he isn't really a penalty killer, but you'd think right. in a game where you take eight separate penalties that he would get in there eventually. I'd find a way to stick him on the ice in that yeah. five-minute major. Like, you you have to. Mm-hmm. That five-minute... If, that, if, that, if that, this is a five-minute major... And it's a tight game. The idea of having both Zaitsev and Hamnick on for call it two and a half minutes each sounds like hell. 
It does. It, it really I, does. I, I don't know. I don't know how you do that. I yeah, don't know. Shabbat still ended up getting uh, 23 minutes, 22 seconds in total ice time. So it's not like, it's not like, I mean, it's kind of low for his standards, but it's not like it was yeah, can we just way take a moment, or anything. Can we just take a moment to say that we finally figured out the problem? Uh, all you need to do to get Shabbat under 25 minutes a game is to play 19 minutes on the PK. Yeah. That's a oh simple solution. That was one thing that I was really looking to uh, pay close attention to in this game was Shabbat's ice time. Because I remember seeing a stat before the game on Twitter that when his ice time is way above uh, 27 minutes, right. the Sens record is really not good. I, I have it here. It's actually 4.20 and 3 when his ice time is above 27 minutes. And then as you go down, it, it gets slightly better. So in the 24 to 27 minute range, they're at an even record of 12 and 12. And then below 24 minutes, 11, 4 and 1. And I did see a lot of people point out that uh, Shabbat is more likely to get more ice time in games uh, where we're already trailing. Say if you go down yeah. to you know, 3 nothing early, then you'll kind of just throw them you, out there to try yeah, to get a you, ton you of double, offense. Yeah, double shift your best guys. Yeah, yeah but, that, that makes sense. So because I saw that, stat before the game i was interested to see how much ice time uh shabbat would get tonight because it was kind of a, a sticking point in the last game where despite not having the best results on ice in terms of the shot differential uh he just played 30 minutes anyway against florida uh but like yeah. you said the penalties kind of killed that uh storyline that's like if he's not going to play on the penalty kill yeah you might as well just send him on every even strength shift anyway because right he's ready to go yeah um another thing to while we're on the subject of ice time uh pinto being finally like, officially on the second line finally cracked 16 minutes so that's that's a plus there mm -hmm. he's playing more than than whatever it was last game 12 minutes i think just something yeah dumb. that was another uh Storyline to watch too was Pinto finally being moved up. A lot of people wanted to see that as soon as Norris went down with injury. I, I think myself included there. I think Broussard filled in pretty well for a little bit, but mm -hmm. he's not really a guy at this point that I think can consistently play in a top six role. So it was nice to see Pinto moved up by the coaches today. Although, once again, because of all the penalties, I feel like maybe it's just I wasn't as focused on the five on five shifts, but. I didn't notice too much from any of our lines really at five on five. So I'm not no. really sure how to evaluate his game today, to be honest, because it was such a like there was no flow to the game, really. It was so many whistles. Just just craziness. Yeah, I think I saw on Twitter, I think it was through two peers. I don't know what the final uh, the final count on that was, but I saw just in general, like the, uh, the expected goals five on five. The sentence were slightly ahead. That was through yeah. two periods. But I I don't know. Like. I love I love the I love fancy stats. I love me some fancy stats. I love me some some analytic stuff. But I mean purely eye test. I didn't think they looked phenomenal 5 on 5. Even I don't even think they looked even uh, mm -hmm. most of that game. But um I think maybe people were a little too fine with how they were 5 on 5 through that game just because that Florida game is so fresh in our minds. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I maybe that's a factor. I don't know. That was, I don't know. It just just it, it's a game where sure the refs sucked, but the Sens also played themselves out of winning a game where Vasilevsky put up probably one of the worst save percentages of his career. Yeah, that's probably the most frustrating thing for me tonight. Other than like calls by the refs, is that 
it is very rare to get three goals on Vasilevsky with such a low number of shots. Yeah. I'm always super frustrated uh, going into games against Tampa Bay just because I know, like, oh, my God, Vasilevsky, I hate playing against him. Like, even – it's not like you're going to get a ton of shots against Tampa Bay on an ordinary No, they, they box you out so, so well. So then that makes it even even harder. Like, usually I feel like uh, we, we're just not scoring on Vasilevsky, like, ever when we go into Tampa. Like, I feel like it's always, like, a 2-1 to loss or a 3-1 to or something. Yeah. So – we he actually was human for once tonight and and we wasted it so that was really disappointing to see it's a bummer and i think i i don't want to be like trying to change the subject from the refs were bad because they were awful the refs were terrible but when the refs are terrible and i have to go back to this the sens just took so many stupid penalties that they shouldn't have that mm-hmm. that brady interference like soft cool yeah you can call it you can call it a soft call he just gave him a little shove but that shove is why stutzel was able to break out into the zone with the puck and then that penalty is going to be called no matter what so if you know the refs uh, call it worst case scenario are 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 looking for calls t- to call against you why don't you go out of your way to play way more conservatively you know you're not you're going to get away with trying to rough up any of the lightning players it's just it's just not realistic. Yeah, I agree. That that play by Kachuk is a pretty textbook like pick or interference play. Yeah. And like you said, on a night where the refs are literally calling everything, they're calling plays where our guy's stick goes past someone's face and they and they call that a high stick. Yeah. And then Hamannick just finishing his check and they're calling that a trip somehow. Like you gotta be a little bit sneakier with plays like that. I think Brady was just a little bit too brash there, a little yeah. bit too obvious there, and that was just a problem throughout the night. Yeah, that said, I do think that I think it was I think Kachuk was tripped on uh, like right before I think it was the Kucherov goal. I'm pretty sure Kachuk was for sure tripped in the defensive end before the Kucherov goal. So mm-hmm. it's it's you know from one end it looks like the refs are calling everything, and then from another end it looks like maybe they're they're being a little bit more picky about it. But it's it's you know. It, you scored three goals on Vasilevsky with 14 shots. You should win that game. Yeah. For sure. Um, I think I think I am... I think from last game and this game, I am officially sick of uh, Time on Ice discourse. But uh, <laughs> if you have any other comments about the Time on Ice, um, like that, that, defense, that defense ice time is wild. The lowest, the lowest number is Branstrom at 16 minutes. Yeah. Like, wow. Only, only, two, yeah, only the on two cracked though. 20 minutes, Holden and, and Shabbat. Yeah, it's rare to see D pairings uh, like spread out like that. Yeah, uh, it was fairly even. It's funny. It's Yeah, and again, it's funny because a lot of people say like, oh, we want to see more of that. We don't want Shabbat on the ice the entire time. But then we get that, and it's just because of all these damn penalties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think there are yeah, just too many clear and I didn't even bring up the the just blatant friggin' headshot Gambrell had on on Chernak there. That's, oh yeah. That's a no doubter. That's that's yeah, five five in a game, yeah. Like no, you can't you argue think? that. I okay. I'm not gonna oh, argue it. Oh we're gonna oh but, the first but, fight in game over Ottawa history. Yeah, Here we go. <laughs> I don't wanna like diminish plays where there's head contact and stuff because i know how serious that can be Mm -hmm. but i felt like he barely hit him in the head and he it didn't look malicious at all i 
felt like it should have just been a two-minute penalty. Like, I didn't really think that was worthy of being ejected from the game from. That's fair. I, that's fair. I think on the replay, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe I saw him sticking his elbow up more than, than he did. Because, but... like, Gambrell was kind of turning away from Chernak, and Chernak was also hunched over. It's not like... Uh, it's not like he wasn't a, in a, in a up, tricky position or reached yeah. or anything. Yeah. So, like, obviously, I guess that's a vulnerable position that Chernak's in, but it's also one mm-hmm. where an accidental collision is more likely than, like, when you see a guy hunched over like that, I don't think you're trying to hit him in the head there. Right. I don't know. I, I thought the call was a little bit harsh. Yeah, and on on the uh, on the subject of Gambrell, I, I I need to I, I've already sent you my note on him, but I think it's just the most <laughs> the most sense thing ever. Uh, so Gambrell's playing his first game of the season. Uh, he gets the team's first shot six minutes in and uh, scores, uh, and only does so because uh, he was in position by falling behind the net and getting late to get up. It's the most yeah. sense thing of all time. Six minutes in, first goal of the of the first shot of the game is a goal in your first game. And it was a bit of a a yeah. bit of a blooper type goal. Like he yeah. stumbled behind the net and he kinda caused the Tampa defender to fall over too. And then yeah. he just Gambrell just happened to be the one who gets up first and then the puck just bounces right to him. And then because he fell and knocked over the other guy, there's no one covering him now. It yeah. was just a pretty goofy play. Had that moment of Vasilevsky is going, how are you still back there? Yeah. <laughs> he pops up. And then, yeah, so that's almost two blooper goals on Vasilevsky that you need to take advantage of. Because, I mean, granted, the the, the Giroux goal is just, is just straight up Kachuk just stripping of the puck behind the net, which was a phenomenal play in that, in that diving wraparound attempt was great. Mm-hmm. Kachuk, Kachuk wanted – Kachuk and Joseph, I think, looked like they wanted this game the most. Yeah. Th- those two were everywhere. Um yeah, just some weird, some weird goals. Um, I'm, I'm doing my best to uh, to uh, find a a segue here, but uh, I think the the well, I'll, I'm going to put that on you. I'm going to put that on you. You think of a segue while I very uh, late lead uh, read a uh, word from our sponsor here. Want to bet? You can do it at Sports Interaction, Canada's sports book. Football continues. The World Series is ongoing, and the Phillies are winning right now. And the hockey season is well underway. Bet pregame, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets made for Canadians by Canadians. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. Head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. Ontario only, 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Well, normally I'd like to go through like specific players on the team. Mm. And I would say like, oh, how do you think he played? How do you think he played? But tonight I feel like that's really difficult to comment on a, on a lot of specific players just because the the five on plot five on five play was so scarce that it's like not it's really tough to judge. No one really stood out to me mm. other than the guys who are making the big plays on the penalty kill, like uh, like Joseph, Mott, Holden, and Hamannick. Like, yeah, I, I feel like it, it's a little tough. Yeah, if, if, who who stood out to you? I think I think I think Mott and Joseph. I, I think the fact that the Sens had two breakaways on a five on three 
is the funniest thing in the world yeah. against the lightning of all. And I know the lightning's uh, power play has been kind of struggling this year, at least compared to what they're supposed to be. Um, I wonder how the Sens PK is now because I think they were. I think it was twenty fourth heading into this game. It was struggling a little bit, but it it definitely would have gotten a boost from now. It's, the, it's probably looking better. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever the percentage of one out of eight is, like that's a twelve point five, and I hate that I know that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I I think I only know that because of uh, McDavid's contract. Twelve and a half by eight is oh nice is a hundred so. The little uh, mental math. Yeah, I'm, I'm terrible at math unless it's it's stats. Unless, unless talk, it's hockey, hockey Yeah, sports stats specifically. I can't nice. do anything else. Um, but yeah, it was yeah. funny when they got those uh, those two breakaways on on the five on three because like especially it's the so second ridiculous. one by Joseph, you could kind of see it coming because he was pressuring really high in the zone and Tampa was just passing around at the point anyway like it kind of felt like tampa was just going through the motions on the power play there and they weren't really concerned about like how joseph was playing it on defense mm -hmm. so i wasn't really surprised at all when i when i saw him get that breakaway yeah, I, it was so a little much bit time of a, it was a little bit of a broken play though where he had to like he knocked it away and then he had to regain possession in the right. neutral zone i was i know he's really fast but i was a little bit surprised that he, he got in cleanly there away from the tampa player so that was yeah. really impressive from him from, and a yeah, great moment for him what? scoring against his former team too. Yeah, that was what maybe five feet out from the red line. He he was all alone, just mm -hmm. center ice basically, barely past the halfway point of the neutral zone. He's all alone, has all the time in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I wish we could have got the the win for him tonight against oh, his former yeah. team. That would have been nice. He wanted that win so so bad. At least uh, Nick Paul didn't score, although he kind of did. Oh, can I? Okay, I know rent rent free, rent free. But I, I I was mentioning this. I was watching the game with my dad, and I had to mention how perfect that trade was, and that the Sens got a phenomenal, phenomenal player in Matthew Joseph. Just honestly, kind of the perfect third liner. He really ever. is. Uh, and in return, the Leafs uh, got uh, the guy who beat, or the, the the Lightning got the guy who beat the Leafs in the first round. Mm -hmm. Just perfect. That's perfect okay. for us and for them. It's that's a perfectly great mutually beneficial trade. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, I I I'm honestly, I mean, I was super into how Joseph was playing towards the end of the season last year when they got him. Um I'm still surprised by how much I'm loving his game on the Sens. I'm completely impressed. Now, here's a question relating to Joseph. If you remember last year when he came in after the trade deadline, mm -hmm. uh, I think it was when Batherson was still injured. They put him with uh, Kachuk and Norris on the right. first line. And that was pretty good. And the reason I bring this up is, even though like obviously it wouldn't be with Kachuk and Norris because Norris is injured, but mm -hmm. because Norris is injured, I kind of wonder if we should spread the offense around a little bit. It's kind of hard to judge again today because of all the penalties. So right. we didn't really see we didn't really see much of how the third line would be at five on five with uh, mm -hmm. Castellic in the middle there instead of Pinto. But I do wonder right. if maybe Joseph could be a guy that they try to move up into the top six again, and then I don't know, maybe you move Batherson down or something like that to try to spread out the off offense. I don't. I I kind of wonder if if maybe they should look at doing something like that. Yeah, I saw a few ideas on uh, on Twitter about. Um maybe sticking Giroux as a second line center and then and then moving some some wingers around. Giroux being able to play center is, is really nice in this situation mm -hmm. with some injuries and maybe, you know, moving Pinto around doesn't fix everything and then you have to screw with lines a bit more. But um 
yeah, the fact that the Sens have a bunch of guys who can play center is nice. But mm-hmm. yeah, I completely agree. Don't do anything yet. You have no idea what you have five on five. Yeah. Because if the Sens had three power plays, so I'm doing the math. So that's 25 minutes of this game was not at even strength. Mm-hmm. Plus at least one instance of four on four for a couple minutes. Also, when it says one for eight power plays for Tampa, does the five minute count as just one? I believe so, yeah. So so then was, we would have to add like three extra minutes onto the... Yeah, so it'd be 16, that's two, so plus three, there. so 19. And then say an extra six minutes of the sends on three power plays, so that's 25. And then two minutes of four on four, so 27. So 33 minutes of five on five. Oh, yeah. Not even. The last two minutes were six on five because the Sens that's pulled right. the goalie. That's the about goalie th- 31. Half the game was played five on five. Yeah, you can't you can't game. judge the team's five on five it's ability wild. in this game. Yeah, clearly for so, sure. Yeah, that's a give Pinto at least one more game in the top six with that top six put together. I'd rather they give it two games, maybe, mm-hmm. just to be even more safe if possible. But yeah, it'll be interesting uh, back on home ice too, where we can control the matchups because. That that's one thing that's got me a little worried so far too is that now we're zero and four on the road compared to four and one at home, yeah. and then it makes me it makes me wonder if the home games were like a little bit of a mirage. Like we still played against mostly good opponents in those games, but mm-hmm. when you see such a discrepancy between the home and away record, it's like it, it's it odd. makes it makes you feel like one of them like i don't know if maybe it's just me being too negative but it makes you feel like eventually the home record is also going to go down when the away record is that bad yeah. you know like or ideally the away record goes up but ideally but but yeah. then i wonder because at on home ice you get like the matchups and stuff that's true maybe and that's that makes us look worse on the road so they, yeah. they need to figure that out i guess yeah if you look at the matchups at home and on the road so on the road they've played buffalo who looks good Better than I mean, everyone knew Buffalo's gonna be better, but they look better than expected. Yeah, and Craig Anderson just sends them hard. Uh, Toronto, who no comment on whether or not they look good, I don't want to stir the pot. Um, and then you've got uh, Florida and Tampa. So on the road, oh no, I'm missing one road game, aren't I? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. It's five home, yeah, four that, on the road. Yeah, those four. The, the road games, three out of four of them are should should be locks for the playoffs. So Should I'm not too worried. Granted, they are division in division games, and you want to see some wins there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, then compared to at home, uh, Boston, that was a huge win. That's that's a huge win. They gave up five goals. We won't talk about that. Yeah, uh, oh, my God. Then the Washington game, they looked pretty solid. So, so you got Boston, Washington, uh, Arizona, um and, and then, then Dallas. Dallas and Minnesota. And then a loss to Minnesota, yeah. Yeah. So the home like, other than the Coyotes, those are all strong teams as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Sens definitely haven't had the easiest. I don't think they've had the hardest schedule, but they definitely haven't had the easiest yet. So I don't want to blow anything up too soon. But yeah, it it might be it might be worth trying something if say a couple games from now it's still looking a little a little iffy. Yeah, I mean, at least if this trend continues, hopefully we'll be having some more uh, exciting streams in the next few games because I think it's uh, the next three games at home. So maybe that will raise our, our chances a little bit more. Uh, but yeah, like you said, you pointed out that the four road games are all against divisional opponents. 
And that's something that's worrying me too, because like apart from them being road games, like with how crazy the Eastern Conference and especially the Atlantic Division is so far this year, oh with my God. every team, almost every team now except for the Sens, because they lost, and then Columbus, everyone being at five hundred or better, like I'm a dropping. I'm a Blue Jays fan, so I'm on month like eight of this right now. Oh yeah, it's the it's MLB standings are always ridiculous. The, too. the, the AL East and the Atlantic are are molding into one like nightmare that I have every night. I can't I can't get away from it. My teams are both in the best division in their yeah. league. It drives me nuts. I can't deal with it. The Atlantic is is nuts. The Atlantic yeah, like, is, is ridiculous. We knew we knew Detroit was going to be better this year, yeah. but like I didn't think Boston was going to get off to such a good start. I thought that the injuries right. that they have with Marchand missing a bunch of games and McAvoy being out, I really thought that would have slowed them down, but it hasn't. Yeah. And then Buffalo has obviously had a way better start. And just like I know we beat Boston, but giving up eight points to all those other divisional opponents already is really rough. Mm-hmm. Just considering how tight everything is, because even though we're only four points back from the wild card spot all the other teams in our division are right there with us so yeah it's 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 a tight race and and i think yeah as close as the sends are at all times because of how tight it is a lot of teams are even closer just mm-hmm. because of that and it's just it's brutal um last thing i'm going to bring up before we have to call it here uh, a lot of talk, both in the chat and on Sen's Twitter, about DJ Smith. How are you feeling? Because like, I know we talked about DJ Smith before. We were saying that if he had, if he makes it to 30 games into the season, he will have coached the second most games in franchise history. Mm-hmm. Do you think he, number one, gets there and deserves to get there? Ooh. I would say that he gets there. Hmm deserves to get there deserve to get there i i'm a little bit more not sure because i kind of if i had to predict right now i kind of feel like the sentence are just gonna kind of be up and down throughout the season and around you said 30 games i think around that mark i think we'll be still being competitive but i don't think we'll be like really taking off like clearly in a playoff spot or anything like that like i don't really expect the team to flame out and have dj fired before the 30 game mark Mm -hmm. but but i do have to say that if we're below 500 by the 30 game mark i would probably want him gone i'm just trying to be optimistic enough that uh hopefully we we won't be in that position but what do you think I, I think I think it's tricky because the team isn't supposed to make the playoffs. I think anywhere between eighty-five to ninety points is is a win. I think that's a good season. So I think if say the team finishes around five hundred or maybe just below, say the team wins thirty-five between thirty-five and like thirty-eight games or something, I think that's fine. But if if the Sens are in a position where you know they're they're in the conversation to to be a bottom ten team by that. 20 maybe 25 games i think if if the sends are really struggling and it's bad 25 games in i think you kind of gotta you gotta cut the cord there a little bit i think you gotta find a replacement maybe but i i also have no idea what the right move is with the team that isn't supposed to make the playoffs yeah it's it's tough because like you said on paper no one really expects us to like clearly be in the playoffs Mm -hmm. but we want to see exciting games and close games and meaningful hockey, even though if that doesn't necessarily mean playoffs, I'd still love to see like 
actual meaningful games in March and April. Right. I don't want to be sitting here on the show just talking about how we're 10 games below 500 yeah. and like yeah that was uh, a really again, fun you know? game against vegas uh trying to keep vegas out of the play like who gives a crap yeah, if the sends are yeah again. against the western conference like we want to talk about something more interesting than that for mm-hmm. sure for sure now if dj does go i will say that i think they really need to go for a coach that focuses on defensive structure mm-hmm. because i feel like even in games where we don't allow a lot of goals i feel like that's still a major issue just in terms of the positioning and where players uh are out on the ice like it seems a lot of the time that it just looks like a bunch of confused guys out there but yeah i don't know we'll have to see i think i think we're gonna have hopefully a lot of answers after the next game probably a few more questions at the same time Mm -hmm. thank you everyone for tuning in to this episode of game over ottawa And we'll uh, see you next time. And hopefully we'll be hitting that sends button. Thanks for watching.